Welcome to another episode of Conduct Detrimental. I am Dan Lust, and I'm joined for a special interview of the career series by Hannah Valenti. Hannah, how are you? I'm doing great, Dan. How are you? As you can tell, I am slightly, slightly under the weather, but you know, we got to power through these things. So Hannah, what we did basically last month, we had our first interview of the career series with Ali Gaza, a general counsel at a basketball agency. And then I was thinking of who else might be an interesting interview. And then um, Hannah, as you normally do, you stepped up and you said, Michael Raymond would be a great interview. And then uh, obviously, you know, you yourself have an interesting background. So I thought that would make for a good interview. So maybe Hannah, you can tell our listeners that don't know you a little bit about yourself, and then we can get into who Michael is and, and why we picked him for the second interview of our series. Absolutely. So my name is Hannah. I'm originally from Hoboken, New Jersey. I'm currently a 3L at Elon University School of Law down in North Carolina. I'll be graduating very shortly in December and will be moving back up north to take the bar exam. Very excited for that. And in addition, I am an NBA, WNBA, FIBA, and NIL agent. And I just started working part-time with um, a sports agency. Is that sports agency Michael Raymond? That sports agency is run and operated and founded by Michael Raymond and it's Raymond representation. Okay. So I'm going to give you a little bit of credit here. And Michael and I agree on one thing that your efforts, and this is a testament to anybody listening to this, you know, you, you've had to have found a way to get on all the right radars very quickly while in school. I'm aware of a certain publication that posted that you were the youngest agent <laughs> in the state. Is that uh, you're aware of this publication? I am aware of this publication. Yes. Which publication is this? Just so, so we're being transparent. You heard of conduct detrimental? No, well, it was not conduct detrimental. <laughs> Wasn't it someone in Jersey that that? Oh, and thing? NewJersey.com, NewJersey.com. I've heard of it. There's probably only yes. a handful of uh, state.com, so that's that's pretty big. Yeah, but Hannah, in a, in a very short time in the in the space, obviously you're a, a sports diehard, and I've known you now for not that long, maybe about two years. But you, know, you you're pushing all the right buttons and. Michael, you know, independent of one another, recognized, we both recognized that you move it in the right path. So we wanted to recognize your efforts. And of course, what Michael was building over at Raymond Representation. And then not a shock to me that after speaking with you a handful of times, Michael decided to bring you under the Raymond Representation fold. Absolutely. He's been on my radar for a while. We've obviously um, gotten to know each other better. So it's it's kind of a no brainer. The two of us are now working together and I'm excited for what the future um, will look like for us. Okay, so I'm going to just, I guess, speak a little bit to, to Michael Raymond. And then obviously you guys have your um, your interview that you guys did together, which is fantastic. And again, open invitation. If anybody has a mentor or someone that they'd like to spotlight more and they'd like to conduct the interview, certainly happy to do it. So during the NIL era, there's been a lot of names that I've seen pop up, uh, some that you know maybe were in the sports law space beforehand and some that were not. A name that I kept seeing pop up over and over on LinkedIn, actually, in particular, and I guess on Instagram to another extent, was Michael Raymond. And he was someone that was really a very recent graduate of University of Miami as a current law student was building this practice out. Michael graduated from the University of Central Florida in 2019, You know, studied economics, sports business management, and as well as sports law. So where we're concerned here is his law degree that he got from Miami, graduated in May of 2022. So the NIL era starts on July of 2021, and now we're looking out maybe, you know, just about a little, a little over a year since then. And Michael has established himself as one of the young and up-and-comers in the space now with his own agency and representing several big names. And, you know, anyone in the space that knows of Michael knows that he's making, you know, doing it the right way. And, um, you know, so we reached out. We had a lot of people in common. One of those common people was you. And, uh, you know, I just listened to Michael really as a, I don't know, a third-year law student build out this practice, and now he's hitting the ground running. So I'm 
sure there was a world where Michael would have liked to have worked for some some other agency, maybe a bigger agency. But Michael said, you know what? I think I can do this on my own. And and so far, one year in, the returns have been fantastic. So yeah, Hannah, what, you know, from your conversation with Michael, is there anything interesting people should be paying attention to? Absolutely. I think there's a lot of great advice in our questions and his answers. But I think most importantly, since NIL is still in its infancy, we've been able to tap in to such a niche market. And really, we're able to compete with these big agencies. And no one in this space has our client list. We have a very expansive list of influencers and athletes. But we're really making sure at this point, building on the foundation that Michael has established that we're only bringing in talent that we believe in, that we trust. Um, And I'm learning so much and really trying to absorb as much as I possibly can. But with meeting with clients and their families, it's so important to us that our values align, that they see our vision. Um, And just for the business world that I'm soon entering into on a full-time basis, that's so important to be able that you trust the athletes that you're going to be working with, because it's not only their reputation on the line, but it's your name that they're, that's underneath there. So it's so important um, to continue to build positive relationships with the athletes, with their families, um, and with brands, um, and just overall throughout the industry. Yeah, and I think that's that's the right way. And I and in my conversation with Michael, which I'm sure you guys tap into, Michael seems to be very selective of the people that he represents. I was on a panel with one of his clients, Emily Cole, recently, who's a runner at Duke. I think she's the first, uh, one of the first athletes to have like a book deal in the country. So mm-hmm. uh, I was very impressed. So again, this this is a series designed to help people get to where they want to go. I think Michael's story and obviously your story as well, very interesting building out a sports agency and your sports agent portfolio while in school. So Michael's background It looks like he brought in a lot of speakers at the uh, UCF Sports Business Club. He worked for a period of time for the Orlando Magic. He worked for Orlando City Soccer Club. So Michael's been around the space for uh, a while, and it looks like he kept hustling to get more and more jobs. And then all of a sudden, he broke through with his own uh, agency. So I think it's fantastic. Hannah, anything else we should know about Michael before we kick it directly to your interview? No, I think that just obviously this will come through the listeners um, at the interview, but I would just say to all those listening to use your network on LinkedIn, on Instagram, you never know what a simple conversation is going to turn into. And six months ago, I wouldn't imagine I'd be working for Raven Rep and here we are. So send that message on LinkedIn. Okay, Hannah, without further ado, let us kick it over to your interview with Michael Raymond. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Conduct Detrimental. My name is Hannah Valenti. I'm a 3L at Elon Law, news coordinator for Conduct Detrimental, and an NBA, WNBA, and FIBA player agent. I have the pleasure of being joined by Michael Raymond, founder of Raymond Representation Sports and Talent Agency and a recent graduate of University of Miami Law School. Conduct Detrimental, as our listeners know, is at the intersection of sports and law. And there's no better person to explain how the two intersect with name, image, and likeness and to offer our listeners career advice than Michael Raymond. Michael, thanks for being here. I appreciate being on here and I'll just say go Canes really briefly. (laughs) Of course. Um, So we'll start with some easy questions and then kind of dive in to the more career based. I know for me, since I've been certified, the number one question I get asked is not about how to be an agent, but did I grow up playing sports? So I'll ask you the same question. Did you grow up playing sports? Yeah, no, definitely. I did. And I won't lie. I was a basketball enthusiast. So, you know, hence the basketball industry that I'm in now. But, you know, I'm a six foot seven basketball lover and never really played any other sports. I mean, I played a little bit of flag football growing up, but I played middle school basketball, high school basketball. And I also tried to play a little bit of college until my knees finally you know, gave in on me. And then the realistic expectations came in that, you know, I wasn't going to be a pro. <laughs> I gotcha. Like a, lot, like a lot of other agents in the space. For sure. <laughs> 
did you always want to work in sports? And in particular, did you always want to be an agent if you knew that you weren't going to have a professional career? Yeah. So no, that is one of the things that, you know, I would say is a differentiating factor for me is that I did always know that I wanted to work in sports. Part of me always wanted to be an agent. I always wanted to be a lawyer as well. I always thought that that was an important thing for me. And and honestly, once I kind of got into my later high school years, you know, early college, my first, you know, two years of college, I really started to dive in on the sports agent business and just learning as much as I can watching the movies, you know, Jerry Maguire and Entourage and all that stuff. And and that's where I really started to fall in love with the business and, and really start to dive in. And what made you go to law school in particular? A lot of factors. You know, one, like a lot of other students, I grew up around, you know, lawyers and people pushing in my face, be a lawyer, go to law school, you know, you can make a lot of money and this, and there's a lot of opportunity. But really, that wasn't the, the main reason I wanted to go. And, and this is me being as honest as I can. I, I really felt when I was done with UCF that I wasn't ready. You know, I wanted to be an agent. I, I wanted to be in the space. But I also was very aware with how the space was and that there wasn't a lot of opportunity in the space. You know, I know that there's a lot of internships and stuff like that. But Other than that, agencies are not really hiring all the time. It's a very hard job to get. So, you know, I didn't feel ready. I wanted to grow more. I wanted to, you know, build on my Rolodex, build on my, you know, on my habits and being a better student, being a better person. I thought that it would make me a better leader as well. And I also always kind of had a dream of going to University of Miami because my parents went there. It was kind of always my second home. And, you know, once I kind of got in that LSAT grind, I just did everything that I can to, to get in because it just, it felt like it was meant for me to be there. And, you know, it all worked out. That's awesome. And going back to what you said about agencies not exactly being the easiest to get into, on that note, what is the best advice you can give to someone who wants to break into this space? And what have you learned um, the past couple of years and maybe would offer to someone who isn't considering law school, but still wants to be in this agent space? Yeah. I mean, the main thing that I could say that, you know, it's an obvious thing, but it's it's relationships business, right? You know, it's all based on your relationships. So that's probably the most important factor, but it's not the only factor. You know, another thing that I think is essential is adding value. You know, it, it, it comes down to that. I mean, it comes to adding value. You know, one of the things that I will say, and I, you know, I say this in an honest and not arrogant way, but a lot of people have relationships with athletes and that's not enough. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't say, oh, I'm best friends with this guy or I have all these friends that are basketball players or football players, whatever it may be. It's not enough. You know, you have to be able to add actual value, whether that's in the marketing realm, in the NIL realm, because now NIL is such a great opportunity to be involved. And that's honestly my number one advice to get your foot in the door right now is to become an expert in the NIL space. Because I think a lot of agents and agencies are you know, old school and don't do a lot of marketing and don't focus on NIL. You know, other than the CAAs and the Wassermans of the world that have billion dollar marketing departments, you see a lot of boutique agencies that don't have those things. And they're they're struggling right now with NIL and figuring out how to analyze social media and how to utilize it and make money and do those things. So that's probably my number one, you know, thing that I would say to, to add value to an agency, but it's a tough business to break into. There's not a lot of positions. And, um, you know, if there is an internship or a position, usually it's not a long-term thing and you're kind of in and out. And I just say that from experience, but again, it's a relationships business. And if you could build real genuine relationships with great people, you know, that's, that's the best starting point that I can give. I completely agree. Do you have a morning routine? And if so, what does it look like? That's my favorite question. I'm so glad because uh, I'm a big morning and night routine person. I actually think the night routine is probably more important than the morning routine, but my morning routine has been the same for probably about two years now. And you know, I get up pretty early, 7, 7.30. No, I'm not a 4 a.m. David Goggins kind of guy. <laughs> 
I do have to get my sleep. So I'm like a 7 a.m., 7.30. You know, first thing I do is drink a lot of water, cold water. You know, I go in the bathroom, wash my face, you know, kind of get ready, get some nice espresso, some coffee. And I'm a big go outside, get some sun in your face, get your eyes open, stretch a little bit. You know, when I'm in Miami, I go on my balcony. And when I'm here in Weston with my family, I go on my, my patio here in my backyard, you know, get some sun, do some breathing, some meditation, kind of relax the mind a little bit and just set yourself up for the day. And then other than that, I'm not a big gym in the morning kind of guy because I don't agree with just with my body and myself. I'm probably at my best mentally in the morning. So I want to get all the, the hard work done in the morning and not waste that time at the gym. So I like to spend three to four hours, you know, get right into the work, take a shower, sit down on my computer and grind out all my emails, my calls, anything that's hard for me that I need to do, contracts that need to be reviewed, you know, anything that needs to be organized or redlined, et cetera. And then by lunchtime, you know, my day is a lot less crazy because I've already done majority of my work for four or five hours. And then I could sit down, grab a snack, go to the gym, get a nice workout in. And then usually the rest of the day is just calls and Zoom calls and stuff like this that, you know, just makes me happy to be able to just to try to inspire and give back to whoever I can. Love that. And back to the business side, what's the biggest challenge that you're facing right now, whether that's working with clients or working with NIL, like what is the biggest challenge that you're facing right now and within this industry and how are you handling it? Yeah, it's a good question. I think one of the, one of the biggest challenges, and this is a good problem to have, but I think it's growing too fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe putting a little bit too much on your plate. And I think that's been, you know, not a problem, but definitely something that we've been, you know, we've been focusing on and trying to make sure that we keep under control because, you know, we've been growing very quickly and a lot of opportunities have been coming. And, you know, I think some of the things that people don't realize when you get into this space is that it's not just about the the agent deals and the marketing deals, it's the business side, you know, taxes and you know, LLC creation and finances and figuring out how to pay out your clients and, you know, all these different little things that business owners have to figure out on their own. And, you know, you don't really have somebody to help you and guide you in that direction. I mean, my, I don't have anybody. I mean, my parents don't really know that my mom's an entrepreneur, but she never kind of dealt with the things that I'm dealing with because she's not in the sports side. She's on the fashion side. So, you know, learning that and also just, you know, I think another thing is, is just trying to make sure you stay consistent in the space. What I mean by that is like, you know, consistent research every single day, following all the trends and the things that are going on. And it's hard to do that because there's a lot, there's a lot every day, there's something new. So just having time to do that as well has been a struggle, but you know, we keep growing, we keep trying and we keep grinding. So that's all. Definitely a good problem to have. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) Like, when did you create the concept of like Raymond representation? Um, Is it something that you thought about for a long time and just went for it or while you were in law school? Because I believe you started, you started like Raymond Rep during your third year of law school or second year of law school. So can you kind of walk us through, obviously, I'm sure it's a very um, long process, but kind of just how it came to be as successful as it is today. Yeah, no, I'll be completely honest with how everything went down. I mean, it's, you know, like a lot of other students, I was looking for an agency job. I was looking for an an opportunity. I was, I was having conversations with people, you know, there was opportunity out there. You know, thankfully I had a great network of agents and people that I know in the space that were willing to give me that opportunity. And then COVID came and, you know, like a lot of people, a lot of opportunities went away. 
And, you know, my school went from being in person to completely online. And we were all at home for two years after that. And, you know, it was a struggle to find opportunities and paid opportunities. So I was honestly sitting on the couch with my best friend and somebody that, you know, knows me really well and that knows a lot of the things that I, that I like doing and I have a passion for and also knew that I wanted to be an agent. And he was like, why don't you just start like Raymond Rep like now? Like, why don't you just like get the name, you know, start building your brand a little bit and just see where it takes you, you know, maybe start working with a couple guys and, you know, focus on the basketball side first and then just see where it goes. And, you know, I started as more of like a marketing manager for basketball players because I wasn't an agent yet. I wasn't certified. I didn't have any of those credentials, but I was talking to a lot of players that I had in my circle that were telling me, you know, I don't have a great relationship with my agent. You know, he's not helping me with camps or with sponsorship opportunities with social media. It was very transactional. It was very like, here's your contract. Bye-bye. See you in a year. You know? And I hated that. That was like one of the things that I was like, we need to change this. And I get it. It's not a lucrative, it's not a lucrative space for some of these guys and for a lot of these guys, unless you're an NBA superstar or whatever it may be. But you know, with with my situation, I was new to the business. It was somewhere where I could add value that I could help, even if it wasn't about the money. I knew I wasn't going to make a lot of money, but I knew that I can help a lot of basketball players and I could start building great relationships with them where then eventually they'll start recommending me for other players and growing my Rolodex and that kind of thing. So it started with that. And that was about six to seven months of just doing that you know, making a little bit of money. We put on probably three or four camps in the summer. We did a couple of social media deals. And then I signed my first influencer client, shout out to Clifford Taylor, who actually reached out to us and wanted to work with us on the marketing side. And I kind of sat down and was thinking about it. And I was like, you know, social media is doing so well. A lot of these influencers are making a lot of money. There's a lot of opportunity in the space. There's a lot of companies that are starting to, to move from commercials over to social media marketing. And I was like, let's do it. And, you know, long story short, we signed him. We ended up doing 20 to 30 deals in the next like two or three months with him. Ended up signing five or six new influencers after that. And um, they just kept getting bigger and bigger. You know, AJ Green being one of our biggest guys who has five, six million followers on all his platforms, you know, doing seven figures in business and, um, you know, working with higher level influencers like that. And, and then, that grew from, you know, working with the guys directly to us wanting to create an influencer division where we can have interns, where we can have marketing people working with companies and, you know, trying to get them as many opportunities as possible. And then, you know, last thing I'll say is that ended up going into NIL. NIL became a thing. And then once NIL became a thing, we already kind of had a nice little foundation because of all the influencer marketing that we were doing. And essentially NIL is a marketing, you know, it's marketing. So we already had a great little Rolodex of agencies, companies, and people that we were working with that allowed us to get into NIL and start to be successful. And then we really took the, you know, we took the keys and ran with it, you know, with, with NIL. I mean, that was a blessing in disguise, an amazing opportunity. And now we have about 16 NIL clients, both male and female that have worked with a hundred plus companies. And it's been an amazing opportunity for us. No, that's absolutely incredible. And you're really distinguishing yourself as a force in the industry, not just NIL, but um, with influencer marketing as well. And going back to what you said earlier, when you have these big sports agencies, it's really hard to keep up, but you've found this amazing niche area and it's been going so well. And obviously we'll see continued success, but going back to just running your own business, is it hard to create a work-life balance when you're kind of in charge of overseeing everything that happens? It is, but I'm also blessed for that because I'm somebody that never wanted to work at a law firm. And, you know, I never wanted that eight to five, you know, at a law firm, your first year, it's not even eight to five. It's pretty much 24 mm-hmm. seven. Um, 
I, I never wanted that lifestyle. You know, I, I come from an entrepreneurial background. You know, like I said, my mom kind of engraved that in me and I never really wanted to have a boss. You know, I don't, I, I mean that in an honest way. And I, I like the pressure, you know, I'm comfortable in the chaos as uh, Drew Rosenhaus says, I took, I take that line from him because I love it. It's true. You know, to be a good agent, I think you need to be comfortable in the chaos. I think, you know, you deal with a lot of different personalities and you deal with a lot of different relationships and it's not just the players, it's their families, it's their, you know, their coaches, their managers, all these kind of different people. And you have to be ready for that. And, you know, again, something that COVID taught me that I think has helped me a lot is I've always, always prioritized my physical and mental health before anything. My business comes last. Mm -hmm. It's my physical and mental health first, my family second, and then my business third. So I think with me keeping that in the back of my head at all times, and I even have it written down in my, in my wall, it's like that keeps me on the right track. Because at the end of the day, you know, money comes and goes, you know, your health is something that you can't fix if something happens to you. And I think that if you could set yourself up with that kind of foundation, that you'll be successful. Absolutely. I definitely agree. And I think there's a mindset that a lot of people um, have after graduating from college or when you're looking for that first job or even graduating law school, um, you're so like career focused. And that's the only thing you can think about. And I think that for you raised such a good point that there's so much more to life than your career. And obviously um, some of your classmates, some of my class classmates are going to work in these law firms, work these crazy hours, but it's not for everyone. And working in sports is certainly not for everyone. And being a sports agent um, is definitely not for everyone. So branching off of that, in your opinion, what is the most important personality trait that someone um, could have to find success in this industry? Yeah, one thing I'll say real quick before I answer that question, but just going off of the last question, you know, a lot of people like, you know, they like to drive their cars long distances, right? And I, and I took this from a book that I just read. It was a monk that sold his Ferrari. Great book. If you want to be a lawyer, talks about life, mental, you know, mental health, all that stuff, but they, they forget to stop the gap for, for gas, right? You know, they think that they could drive forever and ever, but you don't realize that you need to stop. You know, you need to take time to focus on yourself. And if you don't, eventually you're going to run out of gas, you know, and a lot of people get stuck in that race of career focused, want to make a lot of money. Listen, we all want to make a lot of money. You know, it's great. Everybody wants to make money, be successful. But I think once you realize and once you kind of get into it, once you start making money, you start to realize that it's not that important. And I think that's, that's something just to, just to note on. But I think the most important trait by far in the agent business is being able to manage relationships. And I think that is probably the most important thing that you need to be able to do. Again, you deal with all different kinds of personalities. You know, some clients you'll get along with amazing and you'll have a great relationship. Some guys you'll butt heads, which is okay. But at the end of the day, our job is to protect the client. That's what an agent does. It's we protect them, whether it's financially, whether it's, you know, a basketball contract with a team, whether it's a marketing deal, whether it's with their family. You know, our job is to protect and make them as much money as possible. Let's just, you know, let's be honest. They want to make money, right? You know, that's that's the name of the game. So if you're not doing those things, you're going to lose your guys and they're going to move on to other people. So I think being able to manage those relationships, you know, do a good job. And, and most importantly, you know, never change who you are. Lead with integrity. Because one thing that I will say is because you're dealing with so many different personalities and relationships, you're not going to get along with everybody. Mm -hmm. Not everybody's going to be for you. Even if you have the opportunity to sit in a room with a top 10 pick and you're thinking, oh my God, if I sign this guy, I can make millions of dollars. I could put a name for myself. I could be a big time agent, whatever it may be. It might not be for you. And trust me, you know, you'll feel that way until it happens. But then once it does happen, you will realize that you want to surround yourself with good people and build the right way. And that's not the way to do it. So I think don't, don't force those things. Another is another point that I would make.
I think maintaining relationships is just transferable in life as well. Like with any situation in life, you're able to respect others and make your point while also understanding where people are coming from. I think that's just solid life advice in general, but especially in the agency business and something that we've definitely noticed or I've noticed in the past couple of months is just how small the industry really is. And especially starting out, it's so important to build on those connections, obviously, but also to maintain respect and learn from others and connect. And I think that our generation, especially or our new generation of Asians um, are so good at this and listening to others and like connecting with other people and then connecting from their networks. So, I mean, that's how we met. So definitely thanks to you for continuing that spirit and everyone else I've connected with. You came highly recommended through other people I was talking through through LinkedIn. So just great life advice. On that note, who has been your most important professional mentor? Easiest question I've ever answered. That is Scott Buckstein. He is by far, you know, this guy has changed my life. You know, I I even get emotional sometimes when I talk about him because I just love him so much. I mean, he's almost like an older brother at this point to me. He was my professor for four years while I was at UCF. I was his TA. His brother, his twin brother is actually the assistant GM of the Phoenix Suns. He worked in the agent business for a long time as well. So both of them have been great mentors to me and really taught me a lot. But his brother, Scott, took me under his wing, taught me so much about not just, you know, the business, but life, you know, to focus on things that matter. Like I said, physical, mental health, on family, and just being a good person. And he has never asked for anything in return. And he's just a blessing. So anybody that gets to have his class and work with him, you know, God bless to you. And, you know, I hope that I hope that you guys get to build a relationship just like I did with him. And now he's actually advising the agency and working with me directly. And, you know, he was a lawyer for a while as well. So he has great knowledge and background in the space. And, and he's also just a genius. I mean, he just, you know, he inspires me every single day and also surprises me every single day with, with his knowledge and with his experience and his network. It's unbelievable. So definitely Scott Buxton and, you know, shout out to him. That's awesome. If you could go back and give your 18-year-old self one piece of advice, what would it be? You know, I guess knowing what I know now, it would be to, uh, you know, bet on yourself. You know, a lot of people are going to tell you to, you know, do this, do that, work for this company, you know, take the easy way. You know, I, I just recently had to make a big decision and that was to postpone the bar because of all the things going on in my life right now and the business and family and, you know, issues and all these things. And, you know, I told my mom, because she actually doesn't care, but my dad cares and really wants me to take it. But she doesn't care because she's an entrepreneur and she sees how successful we are and growing and she wants me to keep focusing on the business. But I told her the easy way, the easy way out is for me to give up everything, take the bar and get a lawyer job like everybody else. That's what everybody else does. I'm betting on myself. I'm taking the risk and I'm going all in with my business. And if I regret it, I regret it, but that's okay. So I think I'd probably tell myself to bet on yourself just like I'm doing right now. That's awesome. I completely agree. If you have to bet on yourself, because who else is going to? Um, where can the Conduct Detrimental listeners find you? Hey, one of the things that I do best is social media. So, you know, Raymond underscore representation. I'm there. Raymond Rep on Twitter, Facebook. Also, just look up my name, Michael Raymond. You know, I'm big on LinkedIn as well. So you guys can reach out, message me. You know, one of the things that I try to do is inspire and help anybody that I can educate as much as possible. So hit me up. Don't be don't be afraid. Hit me up and, you know, just make sure you have a good added value conversation before you decide to just reach out to me. <laughs> no, absolutely. Well, Michael, thank you so much for taking the time um, to talk to me tonight. And I'm sure um, the listeners will gain a lot. And whoever's listening, um, please follow Michael's advice and bet on yourself. Thanks, Michael. Thank you, Hannah. Appreciate it. 
So that was Michael Raymond of Raymond Representation. Hannah, where can we find Michael on social media? So on all of our social media channels, it is Raymond underscore representation, super responsive, reach out. We try to post at least three to four times a day. So we're always posting something. Very cool. Very cool. So yeah, I thought Michael has a, a great story. Originally, when I heard of him, I assumed he'd been, he'd been in the practice for like five years or so. And then I mm-hmm. that he had just graduated law school. Certainly very impressive. But Hannah, that's not the only thing that's impressive. I am told that you signed your first client. Yes, I did. I am super excited um, to sign my first client for Raymond Rep on the marketing end. He is a Providence basketball alum. His name is Nate Watson. And I was Nate's personal rebounder when I was at Providence. And now Nate has amassed this incredible following of over a million followers on TikTok, over 100,000 on Instagram, and he's playing professionally in Prague. So we're going to help Nate build his personal brand. And he's just going to focus on playing and making TikToks. And I'll be working on making some deals for him. So I'm super, super excited. Obviously, anyone, any chance, anytime I get the chance to work with a Providence alum, I'm on board and just see what the future holds now. Hannah, for those that don't know, what did you do at, at Providence when you say you, was, you were the personal rebounder? Imagine you were student manager. <laughs> out, of, out of context, that sentence makes no sense. I was a four-year manager um, for the men's basketball team. No, no, it made sense. The only reason I, I put it out, like, you know, and as we try to give some, impart some lessons, it's just not just career series is so people can talk about themselves and so people can relate and figure out how to incorporate these type of lessons. So Hannah, when did you meet him? You met him as a freshman? Met him as a freshman, yep. So that was how many years ago? Six, six years ago. So this is important, right? There's so many people, I get these emails, they're like, can I get a job? Like, like, hi, Dan, my name's so-and-so, can I get a job? And, you know, it's very tough. Like the people just think about it practically. If I get one shot to hire someone at my firm, it's, you know, I hope that would go well. And then they'd give an opportunity to hire someone after that and someone after that, but you want to make sure that first one goes well. So, you know, all things considered, let's say I really like someone, but I've only known them for one second because they sent me an email or someone I've known for three, four five years. Uh, and and though two people are equally qualified, but one I've known longer, obviously I'm going to go with the one that I know longer and I can trust in in any way, shape or form. The moral of the story being like, sometimes there are going to be people that you meet today that you really can't really offer them anything because you're a freshman at Providence. You can't really do much, Mm -hmm. but as long as you keep working on that contact and keep working on those relationships, then later down the road, you might be able to, to do something with that. So, you know, clients that I have in the legal space are people that I've known now for a couple of years. And maybe when I met them, I was a third year lawyer or fourth year lawyer. And there just wasn't, you know, maybe I wasn't senior enough to handle that account. But as you get older, you know, as long as you want to keep tapping into those networks, there's usually something on the other end. So Hannah, you're a perfect story. You've known him for six years. He trusts you. He now has over, you said a million followers on TikTok? A million followers. That is a lot. And obviously, <laughs> I'm sure there's no shortage of people trying to rep him. And who did he turn to? Someone that he's known for six years, he knows and he trusts. So that's how you do it. You can never you know, rewrite your resume overnight. It's it's a slow burn. And the people that end up making it in the sports space are the ones that find ways to be around it for four, five, six years. So Hannah, yourself, you've been around it. I, I know all the different work you've been doing in the agencies. Michael was working for you know, MLS teams and different entities in Orlando. And that's the stuff you need to do. So Michael was doing work like that in 2015 and 2016. And that's not a shock to me that this is the type of personality that starts their own agency one year, you know, out of law school. So Hannah, all the best to you and Michael working together at Raymond Representation. Again, if anyone wants to reach out to you, Hannah, where can they find you in particular? Hannah underscore Valenti. Hannah underscore Valenti, or just search Hannah Valenti on LinkedIn. Hannah, excellent job. A reminder, our podcast is sponsored by Themis Bar Review, top bar prep company in the galaxy. Not everybody is going to go into the legal practice, but if you do, you're going to need to pass the bar. And Themis Bar Review 
top bar prep company. Use our promo code CONDUCT and they will give you a very, very hefty discount. Hannah, anything else to add before we put this episode in the books? No, I'm really excited for people to hear this interview. I think there's a lot that I learned from Michael and a lot that we'll continue to learn from each other um, in this space. And I'm fortunate to have that opportunity. Excellent job, Hannah. And yes, that will do it for uh, this episode of Conic Detrimental, the second installment of the career series. For more, make sure you subscribe to Conic Detrimental and always helpful to leave us a review. Certainly helps us move up the rankings. Hannah, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, we'll see everybody next time on another episode of Conic Detrimental.